Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Uh, hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast. This is the last... What? Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the Babylon Pastors Podcast. This is the last episode in the line of episodes that we are doing in regards to Christians, uh, Christianity in relation to this podcast is going to be about life and death. I know that seems like a huge subject, and it definitely is a huge subject, but we're going to try to uh, boil this down into spe- a couple of specifics and how life and death are different. Different? Different. I need to use some inflection there. Uh, <laughs> for Christians... Uh, and how that should look different. That should look a whole lot different. And I think we've demonstrated part of that through the previous podcasts we've done as far as on ethnicity and race, marriage, relationships, money, um, and all of that. So uh, we're going to boil it down a little bit more, or not boil, uh, boil it down into generalizations and not specifics probably in this one. So I'm probably going to give a couple life examples, not necessarily my life examples, but examples I've seen in other people's lives to demonstrate that. Uh, but before we get into that, what do you have to say to start us off with? Pastor Rob. Don't look around. I'm pointing to you. I'm pointing to you, buddy. Um, well, you know, I jokingly said it in the last episode, but YOLO actually makes sense here. Um, <laughs> oh no the praise um, no I think that is a very real thing that is so we're talking about Christianity in relation to or as it relates to life and death and how mm-hmm. that might differ from or should differ from the world around us right and I, uh, when you look at uh, the world what you're going to see is more than one thing, but uh, there's either the person who doesn't ever think about it, which is probably a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the person who uh, actually lives by the whole YOLO idea where it's like, you know, do whatever you want. I'm going to die. Might as well live it up kind of a thing. Um, there's, you could go on right with the different like things of responses, ways people look at it and live. Um, but none of them have actual lasting purpose, right? The closest that you're going to find to that is, you know, some sort of, um, scientific discovery legacy or something that you want to leave to the people in the future or whatever, like your family or, um, but even, even that in and of itself is, empty yeah i mean what what are you going to leave your family that's going to be that you know i mean we're we're witnessing right now a time in history where people are rewriting history right so all those forefathers all those people who discovered all these things and the, the things that have made us a nation and a people that's all kind of being tainted and changed and, and written depending on the narrative you want to spin it um right now so all that to kind of say like it doesn't matter what you do right and what you how you live and what kind of legacy you want to leave unless it transcends time and, <coughs> and 
that's what Christianity is. That's mm -hmm. what Christians do. And sometimes we don't live like that, but that's the way it is. Yeah. Well, I think we, if you we want to point to, like you said, if it all comes back to, and I think I've said this before, maybe not on here, but I know I've said it in sermons before that if I leave anything to anybody, what I want them to leave is the hope in Christ. This, this gospel that we have, because um, that doesn't change. That is still true regardless of what society you're in and what that looks like. So, um, and I, I've had some, some wonderful people that I've been able to see do that. Um, so for example, I mean, there's lots of them, but one of them specifically is my grandpa. Like that dude, uh, did not, uh, well, he grew up in a time that was, well, like all times it's got some issues with it economically, depression wise, uh, just, uh, the, the upheaval as far as, uh, everything that was going on with re in relation to race in his day, um, and lived it as far as I can tell. Uh, in a way that glorified Christ and that pointed to Jesus um, the entire time. Like even no matter what that difficulty was, that's what it always pointed toward. And that's what he wanted his life to be about. So much so that like there wasn't, I didn't know this until uh, his funeral, but every single Sunday that man stood up and testified about what God had done in his life. And you think, well, that's kind of pointless because I mean, these people were here last week and they're here again this week. And for whatever reason, in, he wanted to make sure every Sunday, if given that opportunity, he was able to stand up and tell people, like, I know you've heard this before, and you may get tired of hearing it, but Jesus transformed my life. And let me tell you one way that that happened. Um, now, this is also about life and death, right? So in his death, like I remember, and again, everybody dies differently, but he was in the hospital for a long time when I was in college. And I remember seeing him a couple times that we were able to drive down and go see him. But even, uh, he had a lot of dementia there at the end. Didn't know who people were. Weren't even, wasn't even conscious for a lot of it. Uh, but he was as far as mumbling and saying things. And I remember the two times I was there that the times I was there, uh, both times he wasn't conscious. He, he wasn't, he didn't know you were in the room with him. But in his very soul, like the gospel was so deeply ingrained in who he was. He was sitting there singing hymns or mumbling hymns. I mean, you really wouldn't call it singing. But I mean, he was repeating the words of these hymns that he had sung his whole life that were so deeply ingrained that no matter what happened, even in death, he was suffering well for Jesus. Like that, out of everything he could have said in that bed, not knowing where he was, not knowing who he was, that's what came out of it. And I'm not saying that's going to be true for everybody. I'm not going to say that, you know, that's the litmus test for your spiritual walk. I'm just saying that in that instance, that's how he was dying. He, that's, that's what was left of him. Um, and I know that's happened to quite a few other people as well, that when they're dying, even if whatever this horrible disease is or this cancer or this situation they're in, even in their death, their death reflects their life. So they've lived for God. And even in this cancer situation, they say, even though this is horrible, even though this is bad, no matter what happens in this situation, I'm going to point it to Christ. So uh, he heals me. He heals me. If he doesn't, he doesn't. My life and my death are going to be to glorify him. And I, I mean, I have countless examples of that. That's just one example. And I think that's the difference for those that follow Christ and those that don't, is that our life is all about him and our death especially is all about him and how we die well. Yeah, I think um, everything that you just said, I think uh, I, there's a guy that 
uh, I'm talking to, I'm supposed to hear from him later this week or beginning of next week. And he just actually just Thursday, this past Thursday, found out that he has lung cancer. It's di- diagnosed and it's a for sure thing. Mm-hmm. He's already on oxygen, has been for years, as long as I've known him. Um, and so it very real possibility that this he's looking at the end of the road at some point here soon. And Sunday, he was here Sunday, and I was talking to him uh, briefly, and, uh, and I just kind of asked, how, how's he doing, you know, emotionally and mentally and, and stuff. And he said, you know what? Uh, I have peace. He was like, whatever, essentially. that It's kind of whatever happens, happens. Um, and there's just this sense of peace. Uh, like, he knows, man, all you got to do is look around at some stories, lung cancer, and he kind of can't, like, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. probably going to be going through treatment that's going to suck it's you're not going to feel good you're probably going to be throwing up or you know some kind of reaction most people have that going on um there the end of your life almost always isn't that beautiful he fell asleep and didn't wake up thing yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, that's one way out of about a billion right mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, and so um it's almost always some horrific thing by the world standards of how you go out and uh for him to be able to see that be faced with death by itself even if it weren't a suffering kind of thing is a scary thing right a little bit mm-hmm. but him to be faced with that and not only that but the suffering in death and to be able to look at me in the eye and say you know what i have peace about it that's a distinctly christian thing mm-hmm. um at, or you're so blinded by something else you believe that you can maybe get there, I guess. But, um, but man, to, to be able to sit down and, and look at what's next and know that it's probably death. Um, I mean, that's a re- I'm 35. That's a reality that I, I don't think about nearly as much as, you know, maybe I will in a decade or two or whatever. I don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that like come the end right when i was in afghanistan um i mean i thought about it more then but it's you i I think you worded it well when you talked about you you live for god you live for the glory of god and you die for the glory of god i mean that's that's really what sets it sets it apart the life of a christian has is filled with purpose and not just some purpose of a legacy or a um, monetary gift to your children you're leaving them, but a, a legacy that is everlasting and eternal. And any life that you throw the gospel into, if they forever forget your name, your legacy is forever. Mm-hmm. And an eternal forever and ever difference. And so your life filled with um, unequaled purpose and your death, Man, I think some of the most powerful testimony and story is when someone either is suffering really by the world standards in this crazy way um, or dying in a really difficult way and they just love Jesus anyway. You know, that speaks more volumes to people than any amount of me being healthy and having my bills paid and keep telling someone about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's worth so much. 
Well, I think it comes down, especially in that circumstance, right? So what you're saying as far as, so let's talk about the death part and then we'll kind of back up because I think, yeah. and then we'll talk about the life thing. But I think the death thing, when you're able to die well, it really demonstrates to everyone else that Christianity is not this, uh, you know, transactional process, right? Mm-hmm. So lots of times it's presented as a transactional process. I do these good things and I get rewarded with this other good thing where Christianity is not a transactional process. You could be the most devout Christian ever and die a horrible death. I mean, martyrs all the time are a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people are, are very good. Even by the world standards, they are good. Uh, but they die at the hands of evil people. Um, but the idea here is that it's not a transactional thing. And you can say that and you, can, you, you know that in your bones when you're in a horrible situation going through it knowing that your God is still good. And that's demonstrated so powerfully and such a great witness to everyone that witnesses it. Okay. I mean, another great example is that my wife's grandpa had a horrible, I mean, he, he had a stroke and he suffered for years after that before he passed away. But one of the most, uh, for me, powerful things, because I didn't come from a big family, a good, a huge, powerful, and I've told this story, I can't tell you how many times during a sermon, was that Right before he died, all of his kids were in that room singing hymns. The dude didn't know you were there, but they were singing hymns in this hospital room. We're talking about nine kids. Hmm. That's a powerful witness to that hospital floor, okay? Like the people that don't know who God is um, saying, what is this? Because they see people die a lot. I mean, that's when they come to that nursing home, the, the, the reasonable outcome is this person ain't got long to left. So whenever they, you know, you, you witness that there's something, no matter how depraved you are, that says, what's different about that? Cause I've seen people die and it doesn't look like that. Um, and it's just such a powerful witness that when you do die well, and you've left this legacy of Jesus, that no matter how you die, like, and I'll just, without going into details, it was bad. Um, it was not pretty at all, but they were able to praise God despite of it. And I think that's where it goes back to, you can't expect to die well. And that's why I want to start with the death thing. You can't expect to die well, unless you live well. Um, Because you can, I mean, it's not, it's not like, well, I'm just going to do whatever. And then I'm going to, at the very end, I'm just going to die really well. Like that dying well is built into you through the, the living well part of it. Um, And understanding that. And I think that's where it comes back to why it's really important to have, I mean, let's push back to previous episodes, right? This idea that you have people preaching the gospel to you, keeping you accountable, holding you to the biblical standard so that that is built into you. That just doesn't happen, right? This is why sanctification is so important. Like you're not just perfect one day. It's this continual built-in process where brothers and sisters are speaking into you. The Holy Spirit is working through them to do that. Um, so that, you know, for example, I mean, lots of people will say, hey, I knew this guy 10 years ago and he's different. What's different? Well, it's Jesus. That's, that's what's changed him, right? Um, and you're not going to be able to die well unless you live well and have that built into you. So, Yeah, I, I completely agree. That, that's a really, really good way to put it, too. And, and um, I can't imagine any human being longing for that day when you are in that hospital bed in lots of pain, 
crying and in anguish and afraid for the next moment in case you die alone. Like nobody wants that. Mm. There's no one on the planet sitting around going, man, I hope someday I get to suffer and die alone, a terrible death, not knowing what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like that there, I'm sure you could probably say there are exceptions to that rule. Um, you know, I mean, something as obvious as the thief on the cross, right? Like, but, but that is such the minority when you think about, um, people, I mean, it's no, it's no secret. Like I'm going to, I haven't had to do a funeral yet here, but I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to happen. And I can tell you the ones that are going to be a lot easier to, even for the families, um, are going to be the ones where, you know, Hey, dad was a believer and mm-hmm. it was obvious. Um, he loved Jesus, not just, you know, uh, I, I had, man, I had, a uh, one of the funeral homes called me here in town. I, it's been a couple of weeks ago or whatever, but asked me if I would be willing to just do a short service uh, because there was a family in town that had lost a baby Ooh. and they, the baby's getting cremated and they wanted someone with some sort of Baptist in the name to, okay. I, I'm assuming, I don't know. The details. Yeah. I'm assuming just someone who has affiliated as a kid or something with mm-hmm. Baptist church or something. And, um, anyway, long story short, I, I couldn't do it, uh, for the sake of other things that were going on, but that, that is not the kind of, you know, obviously it's a baby. It's different than what we're talking about, but mm-hmm. the, the family that is around, right? Not knowing them at all. I know by the call that it, it means they weren't a part of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it probably means a lot of things, right? But, uh, but that's, not, that's not what you want a funeral to be like, you know? Hey, I don't know how to do this call so-and-so maybe someone cared enough to, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you, um, and that I've been a part of those, right? Like, uh, where family's not sure I've been a part of it where, uh, I've been to a funeral too, where there's, um, funerals are a tremendous opportunity to share the gospel. They just are. Mm -hmm. And if the person lived uh, a godly life, it's much easier to do. If the person did not live a godly life, you have to pray a lot. And yeah, that's a lot more difficult. Yeah. Hope that there's an opportunity for you to say, look, but this is the reality. Everybody's going to die. And, you know, um, I've, I've been to a funeral where someone was baptized and went through a confirmation in their denomination, mm-hmm. Lutheran. Um, and they not, don't hear me say that all Lutherans are like this because they're not. Um, but this particular situation, the guy was everything but a child molester for a decent part of his life. Mm-hmm. Terrible person. And the gal up there, they um, ordained women pastors, and she, she's up there uh, at the funeral speaking, and she referred to him as brother. She, like the whole nine yards, like he was just this perfect saint of a person because he was baptized. And like, I, you know, he didn't die well. He didn't. He died 
as a jerk, as kind of like no one has wonderful memories of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I won't forget that. You know, like that's, that's not a cool thing to, to, you know, that's not a good way to go. On the other hand, you know, I've been a part of some of them um, that are just the opposite. There was a funeral at our church a few months back, probably five months ago or something. And man, this gentleman had MS for years and years. And he and his wife were just this ridiculous example of marriage and loving one another and her taking care of him after he really couldn't. Um, anyway, he, he passed away and I didn't know a funeral could last that long because people just thing mm-hmm. after thing after thing was said about him. People who I'm not sure knew Jesus at all were up on the stage talking about how much this guy loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like that you nailed it on the head when you said you can't die well unless you've lived well. People don't know you were a Christian if you become a Christian in the last minute. Now you still have the same benefits, right? Like you yeah. Yeah. the feet of Jesus forever and ever. Um, but the legacy that you leave is going to be vastly different um, if you're, you know, not the person who says, okay, well, I have cancer. I guess it's time to get serious, right? Mm-hmm. But, well, and that reminds me, actually, what you just said there uh, reminds me of that sermon review we did of Jeff Vanderbilt, or Stelt, right? Where he had, or maybe it wasn't the one we did, but I know it's one that I listened to where he was talking about witnessing to the lady next door, she getting saved. Her, her son or daughter coming to the funeral and saying, look, I don't know anything about you, but I want to live next to you because my mom, whatever you guys talked about, changed her life so dramatically that I, whatever, I want to be in vicinity of that, whatever that was. And I think that's the powerful thing of the gospel. Like you said at the beginning, it's one of those things where, I mean, technically somebody that doesn't know Jesus could be like, well, I'm at peace at dying. But I think part of that quote unquote peace comes from the fact that they don't think there's anything after. So they're okay with it. Like, yeah. so, you know, nothing's going to happen. So whatever, it'll become blackness and I can be okay with that. Um, and that would be the only false peace that they have because they don't think there's anything after that. But um, what does come with living a life devoted to Jesus. And again, we've talked about this before. You're not going to do that perfectly, but the idea is that when you get to the end of it, everybody goes, they pointed to Jesus in the good times. They pointed to Jesus in the bad times. They pointed to Jesus in their failure. They pointed to Jesus and went to him and everything they did. And I've said it time and time again, and I hope it can be true of me when I'm dead that my kids were so tired of hearing about Jesus that that's, 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 that's what they remember is Jesus. Because like you said, you're nobody's going to remember your name two generations after you're dead, maybe even a generation after you're dead, no one's going to really remember you or know you, but they're, they can feel the effects of that life and your death um, and what you pass on through that yeah, um, and how you live and what that look like. So I think, I mean, all the things we've talked about are very important and they're very specific, but I think in, in a more generalized term, Christianity as it relates to life and death is so transformative that it really is told, and again, this isn't always the case, but I'd say for the majority of the case, it's really how you live is totally told by how you die. Uh, yeah. Because 
Um, and again, like you said, it's really easy for people to stand up at a funeral, even of a dirt bag and say all these wonderful things. In fact, the other day we were, I told my wife, I said, I said, <laughs> whatever, I, I'm obligating you to the fact that when you stand up at my funeral, cause I'm assuming I'm going to die first. Cause I, I'm far less healthy. I said, whenever I'm dead, I need you to stand up and just say, this guy was a dirt bag because I need somebody to be honest at my funeral and not tell everyone that I was this wonderful individual. I need them to stand up. And I said, I love you. And you know, you know me better than anybody else other than Jesus. So please stand up and tell everybody that I was a dirt bag of a sinner, but because of Jesus, because no one else is going to do that. Please somebody stand up at my funeral and say, that guy was a horrible individual and tell the <laughs> truth because, <laughs> because nobody else does. But yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think that um, bottom line for me, as I think about Christianity in relation to life and death, I think that Christianity, biblical discipleship, um, uh, following Jesus, that is the only actual clear understanding of life and death. Mm-hmm. Um Everybody else just searches their whole life long for this meaning and what is it all about? And, um, and they fill life up with arbitrary, you know, go to work, go home and play, go, you know, go to the bar, go to their life is about all kinds of other things. Um, but not because they've learned that that's what it's supposed to be about, or that's what it's all about. Um, and Christianity uh, man, following Christ, understanding I'm made in the image of God. My life is supposed to be about blah, 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 blah. And uh, living that out as best I can failing big and then repenting big, all of that, all of that stuff, man, and uh, is invaluable. I'm not on my deathbed, right? But I can say without hesitation that if I die before this airs, I'm okay with it. You know, like there's mm-hmm. peace there because yeah. I know what's next beyond any doubt in my mind. And I'm actually excited about it. Well, it's the whole Paul, Paul's, you know, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So I can stick around here for all y'all and preach if you want. But if I'm dead, I'm totally cool with that too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Because it's not too hot in heaven. (laughs) That's a tagline of some random, (laughs) horrible Christian shirt somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Not too hot in heaven. Somebody will make it. Somebody will make it. I guarantee you. There's so many. uh, There's yeah. Anyway, that's something I'm saying. You're a mean guy. Use that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'll pass that on to somebody else. all right well hey that's a good way to end because i was sitting there going man this is heavy how are we going to end this one out just remember everybody it's not too hot in heaven (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, you have anything else to end that other than that just that beautiful tagline of a bumper sticker that needs to be made it's not too hot in heaven i think uh man just the Christian life and the Christian death is actually about something. There's actual mm-hmm. real meaning there. It's not a big mystery. And I think there's so much comfort in just that. If nothing else, that alone is profound enough when you think about it in depth that it should make someone think about it, about Christianity, about you know, um, checking this out more, I guess. Amen. 
All right, guys. Well, that was the last episode in this series of episodes. Come back for the month of August because even we don't know what we're talking about yet. <laughs> and find Dude, out. We've been doing this half a year. I know. I saw that the other day and I was like, whoa, this is, uh, yeah. Talk about leaving a legacy. Yeah. Half a year of podcast. <laughs> so I'm leaving, my, so I'm leaving my kids all the revenue Perfect. coming off this baby. <laughs> and be live like, live like Kings. Yeah. Queens. Yep. <laughs> you know how much I made off this podcast? Zero dollars. Yeah. But probably negatives because but like it but like it well i guess i have bought stuff for it so i guess you're right there but like an intern i've been paid an experience and that's what really matters yeah (laughs) all right guys we'll talk to you later and get out there and get that bread get paid in experience yeah happy babbling (laughs) bye oh hold on no